This is episode number 164, Navigating and Adjusting to Change, with Alexis Hazelberger. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to invite all of our listeners to our upcoming call this Saturday called Courageous Conversations. This is a weekly discussion that we started a few months ago with the intention of connecting our community even closer around topics that matters most in their lives. If you would like to know more details about how to join any of these upcoming calls, leave us a message through our website at overcomingodds.today and we'll respond to you with all the details about how you can become a part of this community. Also, if you like what you heard on any of the previous episodes, consider leaving us a review through iTunes, Google, or Facebook so more people can hear these inspiring stories. Now, let's get back to the show. Alexis, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to connect with me earlier. And I guess also thank you to Sajel for connecting the two of us to begin with. She's a phenomenal human being, and I've been able to learn quite a bit from her and her experience and her background. And so it's been great to be around individuals like that who not only value their own work, but also able to value the work of others and help them in whatever way that they can. Yeah. Yeah. She is awesome and a great connector. Yeah. The conversation that I wanted to have with you today revolves around this topic of navigating and adjusting to change. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that I could say about 2020, it has been a year of that. I think the, uh, the, phrase in regard to change has been coined within this year without a doubt and i'm curious to know from your experience with all the different changes that we've experienced as a country and as a world what are the changes that you've seen within your life that these particular circumstances have brought into it yeah so in many ways you know i'm very lucky in that i already worked from home Right. And so that wasn't a huge change that many of my clients were experiencing and other people were experiencing. And Mm -hmm. so some people say, well, that's easy. But the reality was I was used to working from home, but I was used to working from home alone in Mm. silence with nobody else around, which is a very different experience than working at home with your two young boys. and, (laughs) And... Um, my babysitter also lived with us for a time. And so there were a lot of other people in my house. And I'm the type of person that, you know, I can't listen to music while I'm working. I need absolute silence. Like, it's really hard for me to concentrate when there's mm-hmm. stuff going around because I just have one of those ears that, like, tunes on to other people's conversations and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I'm not used to being interrupted constantly of, you know, I need some, you know, I need some food. I, the printer is in my, you know, near my desk. I need, my kids need to print some ditto for school and all this stuff. And so I think, you know, it was a big change for me to have eight straight hours a day where I could just focus and focus on my clients and my work to, okay, now I'm here with other people 
who need me. I'm their mom and their wife and all these things. And I also still am running my business. And so, you know, that I think for me has been the biggest change that we've had to navigate through is, you know, how do we all stay productive? How do we still stay, you know, in good relationship with each other mm-hmm. when we're trying not to be, you know, annoyed with each other by our own needs and also just navigating the emotional changes that happen for people around me. You know, I think one of my kids is an extreme extrovert and this has been a really, really hard change for him to not see his friends all day, mm-hmm. every day, right? Like it's like created, and sometimes people take these things lightly, like, you know, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, but I think it has a ton to do with our energy levels. And so, you know, one of my kids, the first few weeks of quarantine was falling asleep every day at 1 p.m. because he was so tired because he wasn't getting enough energy from other people around. You know, we had to be in other rooms and he wasn't seeing his friends and things like that. So I think that's that's the biggest change we've had to navigate, or I mm. have. Mm-hmm. Such an interesting point that you bring up in regard to your son, because what I've realized is that it's one of those things that we might take for granted throughout life. And that's just the human connection or the things that kind of fuels us. And once that thing changes shape and form and it becomes something else, that's where I think that desire of wanting it more and more actually becomes even more evident within our lives. Right. And also just, I think, you know, it's like adults, right? We can have virtual happy hours and we can, you know, like we can interact over Zoom in a way that's, of course, very different from how Mm -hmm. we're interacting with people. But for kids, like that's not how they interact with each other. You know, it's like we tried Zoom playdates and things like that, but you know, what do my kids do with their friends? They throw the football around the backyard. Right. You know, that's very, you know, they they did, he did a Zoom playdate with his best friend a couple, you know, a week ago and it lasted 20 minutes because he's like, well, you know, we caught up on everything that we needed to talk about. You know, and it's funny to hear a nine-year-old say that, well, we got caught up on our, you know, all the basics, but then it's like, well, what do they do? That's not how they're used to playing with each other. Yeah. And I also think at that particular age, kind of going back to my younger years, there's very little talking. Yeah. A lot of it is all activity-based, whether it's playing sports or other forms of games. And that's where I think the true bonding happens is in like that form of creation or competition. And I think through zoom i mean you can only do so much right yeah exactly and so yeah it's, it's just been interesting to see how how each member of our family has been able to navigate this or not with a lot of different you know different kinds of help and on the mm-hmm. other hand my 11 year old is like living his best life right like he gets full access to his device all he wants to do is talk to his friends on Discord. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just really interesting it's like you, all, you always know that your kids are completely different humans but mm-hmm. i think like like that this lens of COVID has really magnified so much of the differences between people in so many different ways mm-hmm. and that people need to address that right and mm-hmm. I, it's like, I see that just in the microcosm of my own family but then you also see that in you know the world at large the phrase you know same storm different boat comes up a lot I think for me. Mm-hmm. Now did you always have this mindset when it comes to change and adapting to it as quickly as you can or was this the first year where you kind of had to learn a lot of these tools and and perspectives about how do you go when the environment changes around you i mean i think this was this was one of the first times that i've well i I guess i have an experience from middle school that i can share in a minute but i mean i think in my adult life this was probably the first time that i've gone through a major change that i didn't initiate Mm -hmm. 
there's a real big difference. But you know, I moved across the country a couple times but without knowing anyone. I've you know, there's there's been big changes that have happened. I've you know, my family traveled for several months and you know, kind of took our jobs on the road and that sort. Of, but these are changes that were fun that we initiated, not changes that were kind of done to us. Yeah, it's interesting that you asked that question about like, is this the first time you're able to kind of navigate it in this way? I remember distinctly when I was leaving elementary school and going to middle school, my parents chose a new school for me, right? I, I wasn't going to go to the school that all my friends were going to. And how I reacted as a 12 year old was that I locked myself in the bathroom for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Typical <laughs> reaction back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, the bathroom's the best place because if I have to go to the bathroom, I'm already there and I can sneak out at night to get food. Right? Mm -hmm. So I would say, yes, has my like 12 year old self changed to my 39 year old self? Very much so. Um, I don't know if that that's probably just like the perspective of getting older and realizing that you are not the center of the universe. Mm. How do you, you spoke about a topic that's interesting in as far as the initiating change part and then the change that happens to you. Mm -hmm. I definitely feel, think there is a big difference between the two. What is that difference for you? How do you look at the two? So I think that, you know, so much in life is all about agency. Like I've always believed that the only things that we can control are our own actions and reactions. Mm -hmm. like we don't get to control the circumstances. And so while I'm sure that there have been, I mean, there've definitely been negative circumstances that happened to me in the past. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I really embrace the, fact that if we can if we can take control if we can control what we can then we feel better about whatever's happening even when it's being done quote to us right so i think you know the mantra or the kind of ethos that i've adopted with my family for this time of covid and this time of change where there's not there's not much that you know we couldn't we couldn't have prevented it <laughs> and we're mm -hmm. in this whether we want to be or not and we can't control whether other people wear masks and we can't control what you know all of this stuff is you know for our family what i've done is we say okay communicate experiment iterate communicate and that's my kind of continual improvement um formula if you want and so this takes place in a lot of different ways you know in the very first few days of you know, being on lockdown these were questions that we just we asked of our family at dinner okay what's going well right now what is not going well right now and what are we going to change tomorrow to see if we can make things a little bit better to experiment. Mm -hmm. so that's something that we've been doing. You know, at the beginning we did it every day and it resulted in little changes. Like, you know, for instance, at the very beginning, we assigned everyone a workspace, right? So we had five people in our house. We assigned every person a room or a corner of a room where they would be and that would, their all their stuff would be there and people would agree kind of not to go in and bother them when, you know, when stuff was, when they were working or in school or things like that. Um, and we had, we put up schedule, visual schedules of, you know, for myself and my husband, when we're in meetings so that our kids knew, hey, you can come in during certain times, but you can't come in when the cell on the spreadsheet is red, essentially, mm -hmm. right? Um, what we realized just a couple days in is that my kids needed schedules of their own because, you know, I busted in on my kids, you know, his science class <laughs> that he was having because I was just like, oh, well, how's that going? What's, what's happening? Do you need a snack? And he's like, get out, get out. <laughs> <laughs> little things where you're like, oh yeah, kids are humans too, right? They deserve the same respect that we do. Uh, and we needed to change like little things. And then it's also resulted in, you know, bigger changes of, you know, now we're thinking, okay, is, the U.S. doesn't really seem very safe right now, given the way that the administration is handling all of this. Like, is that something that we think about? Are there, 
you know, are there other places we could go? Like, do we know people in other countries that we that are still accepting Americans that we might be able to uh, to go and kind of wait this out in a way that's safer and that's more in line with our own ethos, which has been really to lock down hard. You know, mm -hmm. we haven't well, we haven't gone to the store and things like that. Mm -hmm. Is that a serious consideration? For us, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, not forever, but until you know, I it's. It, because because we can't control what the administration is doing and we can't control what other families are doing here, we can look to other countries and say, who is taking this seriously? Where are there mm -hmm. safer places that we could be? And, you know, luckily we, we are incredibly privileged and we have, you know, I, I work for myself and so does my husband and so our jobs we could do from anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. um, it will be in remote school anyways <laughs> because, you know, I don't think school's not opening. And so are there other places where we could be for the next six months to a year until there is a vaccine. Mm. What have you, what type of impact have you seen on business from a time like this? Um, so on my business, you know, I'm a time management and productivity coach. And so it's really interesting because a lot of people I talk to are like, oh, your business must be booming right now. You know, everybody needs that. And, you know, there's certainly, I think like there's an increased demand in the fact that yes, everybody needs this right now. Uh, but that doesn't always translate to actual demand because there's also the reality that businesses and individuals are incredibly unstable financially right now, right? And so it's, you know, for me, business has, it was growing pretty quickly last year in the beginning of this year, and it's mm -hmm. definitely flattened out a, a bit um, and maybe a lot. It has not been terrible, but it's also not the trajectory that, that I was seeing from before. And so, you know, I've done things, that's another thing to think about as well. Like I've done things in my own business where I said, okay, we're in this situation now, how can I serve people differently? And so at the very beginning of, um, of, our, of lockdown, I created a workshop and a, an online course for businesses and individuals about how to work home, from home productively without losing your sanity, you know, covering things like communication and management and um, connection to our coworkers and like that social glue. And so I've had to kind of think, okay, how do I, how do I pivot things? And then interesting things have happened that I would not have anticipated. Like my, I have an online course and that has, that has really, the sales for that have really increased over this time because that's a way that people are learning. Mm. It's a really interesting point that you bring up as far as um, the changes that are made in business and how you might've heard this. I've definitely heard this many times when something happens and the message you hear around is that, Oh, everyone needs that. Well, in reality, that's, if you think about it, that's always the case, right? right? To a degree, there's always some other individual that may need what it is that you're creating. And so I think this time is really not any different. And what I'm choosing to look at as far as how my business uh, transition is understanding what am I here to learn? What are the lessons that I can take away? How can I make some of these things better moving forward? Yes, certain opportunities might have been lost, but what other doors have opened due to all these circumstances that have happened? And that goes back to a point that you made at the beginning of this conversation, and that's in regard to control. And I'm curious to hear from your perspective, what do you think you can actually control about your life? Uh, so again, I really think it comes down to my own actions and reactions. That's it. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think that we get to, that, that, and I know that's, that's like a base level thing, but that's it. That's all we get to control is how we act and react around certain situations. So how does that play out? You know, for my business, it means, well, I can 
say, okay, what are the resources that I have? What is the client base that's available to me? What are the resources that they have? And now how can I shift things that I already have, you know, products and things that I already have to kind of meet that new need? How can I um, create, you know, I created this uh, online course around how to work from home and I put that at a pretty low price point because I thought, you know, that's something that people will need and I don't want people to feel like they have to hem and haw about mm -hmm. whether they can afford it. You know, I don't want to use this opportunity. I, of course, I want my business to stay afloat, but I also don't want to use this opportunity to like price gouge people, right? Like I want to do business in the right way. And so for me, it's kind of saying, you know, with business, what are the things that, you know, what are, what are the unique skill sets that I have and what mm -hmm. are the products I already have and the resources that I can pivot in a different way? Um, are there different groups that I could reach out to? So, you know, that's another thing I was thinking about of like, you know, what companies are doing well right now, right? And that still need the same services that I was providing before because that for that, I don't need to actually change much. I just need to reach out to those companies. What are um, services that could benefit people in this moment that might not have been, you know, might not have been on their mind six months ago, um, right. you know? Mm-hmm. What have you learned about those areas for anyone that's listening and that is maybe looking for a different way of thinking and tapping into other markets when it comes to prospecting within companies? What did you choose to ask yourself that helped you identify some of these other areas, such as consumer goods, Amazon, for example, where it gave you a completely different list of prospects as you were building your business? Yeah, so I started thinking about which companies are actually experiencing gain during this time, right? So it's like, you know, companies like Zoom and other companies that provide workplace online collaboration tools, right? Mm -hmm. It's also video gaming companies, right? Video gaming companies are doing quite well right now. So like, I didn't what even are think about that. That's yeah, true. Right? It's mm -hmm. like, there are certain industries, there are, and there are industries where things are never going to change that much, like attorneys, mm -hmm. right? Like everyone still needs lawyers, no matter what's going on. That doesn't change whether you're inside or outside, right? So I started thinking about, you know, yeah, in terms of prospecting, who, where, where are places where they haven't either they've experienced actually an upturn in their own revenue, or they're flat, and this is not changing that much for them. Um, you know, it's interesting. I did I did a series of workshops for uh, an accounting company, you know, recently. Mm. Right, because again, everyone still needs to get their accounting done, right? And mm -hmm. so we haven't really experienced a change either. And so that those are the types of industries that I've been looking at, and also crowdsourcing that with other people. Because you know, video gaming that didn't come from my brain. I was talking to some other entrepreneurs, and they said, "What about gaming?" And I said, "Oh yeah, that makes a ton of sense, right?" And so I think the other piece where we have control is that we don't have to be alone in thinking through these things. As you know, I think especially as business owners, it can sometimes be a lonely place. Um, but especially if you're, you know, you run your business on your own or with maybe just one other person or, you know, an assistant or something like that. And so making sure that you have a community of people who are, uh, who can support each other in terms of what you're doing and that you can throw ideas off of each other. And also that you can throw business to each other where it makes sense. So an example of this just the other day is I was talking to um, a woman who is building a platform that supports parents. Mm -hmm. um, from a lot of different that supports parents virtually essentially so she was looking for a bunch of service providers who already provide service uh, services to parents virtually whatever that means so for me I provide time management and productivity coaching and consulting to parents but you know there are other people that provide like you know 
sleep training to parents virtually and things like that, right? right? All these different things. And so I was talking to her and I just, you know, we're, I'm, I'm going to work with her, I think, in the pilot of what she's doing. And she said, hey, you know, one thing that would be helpful to me is that I am trying to build my company and make it as diverse as possible from the beginning because I don't want to have to kind of go back and fix that problem later. But I've had a lot of problems trying to find online service providers that are people of color that are interested. And I said, oh, well, I could just throw that out to my entrepreneur, my female entrepreneurs network. And within mm. minutes, I had three people who were interested that I could send over to her. And that's, that's like a awesome situation, right? And so mm-hmm. really thinking about how we can make connections for other people as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes back to a strategy that you might use as well. I certainly do when it comes to building a business. And that's maintaining an open mind mm-hmm. in every conversation and understanding that at the end of the day, the building of a business, in my opinion, it's so much based on letting the people build that thing for you in a way. Right. So really becoming observant of what they say, how they say it, why they say it, and then mm-hmm. choosing to use that same language in order to create that space that they're seeking out. It took me a while to understand that without a doubt. And I think partially because there's that ego that's involved in wanting to control the situation, the outcome, and then the entire mechanism behind that business. When in reality, I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's the best way to build it because then it's entirely based on your assumptions. And in the other thing that I've learned about building a business for me, I chose to become the client of our own work in order to really understand what is it that we're building and what is it that we're trying to, do with it and who are we serving and i think looking internally with every step of the way and actually looking at it as a way hey is this impacting my life what value is it adding i'm also changing but i think if going the other way around it becomes a little bit harder to identify whether or not that business is actually of value to other people yeah i think you're totally right and i uh, i really think that concept of openness has served me well as well Mm -hmm. An example of this, you know, I think a year into starting my business, I, I was doing just coaching and workshops for companies. And then Udemy reached out to me just randomly on LinkedIn and said, hey, we're, we don't have a great time management course on our Udemy for Business platform. Is that something you'd be interested in, um, in doing? And I really had not, I'd never taken an online course. Mm-hmm. I had not thought about online courses. Like it wasn't something that was even on my radar. And I said, you know what? Yeah, like that sounds interesting. Like, sure, right? Like that sounds interesting. They provided me some support and helping me to, you know, give me an instructional designer to help me think about how do you even structure the content and structure the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I have an online course where I've taught fifteen thousand people how to better control their time. And that's not something that I ever probably would have thought of. On, I mean, maybe I would have eventually, but I probably wouldn't have had the impetus to put in the effort to do it if I hadn't been open to a random LinkedIn reach out. Mm-hmm. How does Udemy, Udemy work? Do, do you con, uh, create the course once and then through kind of your own recordings of videos, then people can access it at any time at any point? Or there are there actually opportunities where you can do it live with the individual every single time? No, it's all, um, so with Udemy, it's all um, videos. Pre-recorded? So all pre-recorded videos, right? So okay. it's like put in the work once and then, you know, people are purchasing that. Now, you know, the economics are different for different people and what they're doing, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so it's essentially, you know, you're, you're putting in some, it's a, it's a way to have 
and passive income is kind of a joke, right? It's like all these people think, oh, there's so many easy ways to have passive income, uh, which is not true. But in some ways, this is because, you know, even passive income takes work, right? Right. In some ways, you know, this is a small piece of passive income, that something that I created once. And of course, I go in there and I correspond with students who have questions about things as they're going through the course. Um, it's been really interesting. A lot of my students will reach out to me on LinkedIn afterwards. So now I have this really incredibly diverse group of people huh. on LinkedIn awesome. from like India and Germany and all of these places. Um, because I think something like students have taken my class from 75 different countries. And that's just something that I, you know, I probably, I wouldn't have had that reach, wouldn't have been able to, you know, experience that. So yeah, I think that openness in business is super useful. Do you still have to market that course or how do you market that course? So I, um, I, I don't do a lot of marketing for it, which I probably should, <laughs> mm -hmm. but it, it, a lot of it is just Udemy traffic, like their organic traffic. Um, so that's how most of my students are getting to it. Uh, and then it's also in their Udemy for business product. So that's part of a subscription. Like if people essentially as a business subscribe on a per head basis to Udemy, then their, um, their people get access to all the courses on there. That's so really interesting. There's a version of that. And then I, you know, I, I don't even really remember what that kind of economics looks like, but it's like for some, you know, for all the courses on Udemy for business, then I think I get some portion of whatever the sales are based on how often my course was watched versus other courses. Something like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Can you share briefly something that you just mentioned a couple sentences ago in regard to um, this whole concept of passive income mm -hmm. and how it, it you said something along the lines of that it's not really as easy as it is perceived to be. I 110% agree with it, but I'm kind of curious to hear from your perspective. Why is there that perception that passive income is it's like, as soon as you put it out, the whole world kind of collides and you know, everyone wants that thing. That's the mindset when in reality, that's not the case. I think passive income is just another word for get rich quick, right? Or another version, mm. you know, of course, everybody wants it, right? Who doesn't want to make revenue while doing it? <laughs> while they're sleeping. <laughs> it's like, yes, of course people want that, but it's such a misnomer, right? Because I think, you know, just like get rich quick schemes, right? Those, mm -hmm. That doesn't work, right? For most people. And it takes a lot of effort. And it's like, it's kind of like how we think of these overnight successes for people. And it's like, yeah, well, it's overnight success because we've never heard of them. Meanwhile, they've been toiling away for the last 20 years trying mm -hmm. to make them work, right? And so I think passive income is very much like that. It's like, yeah, it's, there's, you could put something, you could make something and you could put it there, but nobody's going to buy it unless you market it, unless, you know, all of, you know, you do all of this work. Yeah. You know, even with this Udemy course, so I put it out there. You know, I don't do a lot of work to market it. People buy it. But I still, I need to interact with them. I need to, uh, you know, respond to the reviews and the questions that people have. You know, there are, there's still work that goes into it that makes it not quite passive. And I think that there's this, I think everybody wants to believe there's some easy way <laughs> to make money. And yeah. I just, I mean, if, if that's true, I haven't found it. I <laughs> Neither have I. <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some, that's, that's what I've learned over time is that a lot of these tips and tricks or here are the five steps to success here's the seven steps to a million dollars it could work i just I, I don't try i don't take chances on that because from my own experience i know that in order to make even a dollar yeah you have to put in however many hours of work 
right. in the creation, the marketing, the spreading of the word and all these other things that play a big role. And I think it's, it maybe is just that thought that, Hey, maybe it's possible if I just do this one thing and somehow the universe will align. And next thing I know is I'll have all the money in the world. And maybe that works. Maybe that works to some people. I, I would bet the percentage is very, very small. Maybe like one out of a million <laughs> that that happened. It's the same chance of winning the lottery. Right, right. Or even less, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Um, Alexis, what is the best way that people can connect with you? What do you have coming up as far as any workshops? I know that you have that course on Udemy that people can check out in regard to time management. Is there anything else that you have or that you're planning to do that people can get involved with? Yeah, thank you. So I, um, people can reach me at alexishasselberger.com, which hopefully you'll put in the show notes because nobody's going to be able to spell my, <laughs> my URL by choosing my annoying uh, So alexishasselberger.com. Uh, people can find me on Instagram at do.more.stress.less and on Facebook at do more stress less. Uh, and in terms of what, you know, the things that I've got going on, so I am going to be doing a, so I have a, a group coaching program that I launch twice a year, and that's going to be coming up in September. So I do, I have an individual coaching program that I do all year round, um, you know, as it comes up, but I only launch this group twice a year. And so that's something that um, is valuable for a lot of people because it's a way to get a lot of individual attention without spending a ton of money. Mm. Um, another nice thing for people. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I've got this, yeah, this, this live workshop around how do I work from home? How do I transition my team to working from home? How do I manage from home? And I've been doing that for a lot of companies. And so, you know, if your listeners are out there thinking, uh, my team could use hmm. some help figuring out how to integrate their work and their life in a way that doesn't feel like they're working all of the time, you know, that's something I'd love to be able to continue to help people with. That's awesome. You know, we'll definitely make sure to include the URL and all the other ways that people can connect with you. Is LinkedIn also a yes. yeah, I am a good LinkedIn. option? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Uh, I'd probably be only Alexis Hasselberg. <laughs> 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 I'll you all the links. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring stories. Once again, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to having you next week.